Hey y'all, welcome to Strip Down with Marianne. I am Marianne. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, let me start with my trigger warning. As always, my name is Marianne. Um, I am a survivor of childhood physical abuse, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, um, financial abuse, and human trafficking. So that is my topic. That is what I talk about. If you resonate with any of those things, if a topic I talk about touches you in a way that doesn't feel good, my intent is never to harm. And so if something is touching you, please reach out to your safe people in your area. If you don't know who those helpers are, please reach out to me and I will help you find those people in your area. That is my trigger warning. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is season one, episode five, y'all. And I'm saying it just like that because I am putting it out into this atmosphere that there will be a season two. <laughs> so welcome to this episode. Um, <clears throat> today, we're going to talk about why do we do that, <laughs> right? Why do we do that? Why do we do that? And so we're going to talk about over-adapted survival skills, okay? Over-adapted survival skills. Skills that we have, that all of us have, that help us survive, and maybe we did too much, <laughs> okay? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, for all of us, all of us, not just um, my survivor sisters and brothers, for all of us, right? The space is for all of us. This is a space for you if you identify as any of those things, and it's a space for you if you love someone who identifies as any of those things and you would like to understand us all more fully. And so all of us have survival skills ingrained in our person, given to us at birth, that protect us from danger. So y'all know I'm afraid of the water, right? I'm afraid of getting eaten by a shark. If I am in the water and a shark comes at me, some things are going to happen. It is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, okay? Our fight or flight response that is going to happen. So as I'm in the water, you know, not too deep, <laughs> but as I'm in the water and the shark is approaching, what happens is, first, my eyes see the danger, right? And it immediately tells my brain, uh-oh, something's wrong. So when it tells my brain something's wrong, my hypothalamus jumps into action and goes, ooh, something's wrong. Hey, pituitary. Hey, pituitary gland, something's wrong. We need you to start working. And the pituitary gland turns to the adrenal glands and says, hey, y'all, send out all the stress hormones. Send out all the stress hormones. Send out all those things that are going to make our breath quicken, our heartbeat quicken, our senses are more heightened, right? Those are all things that are going to help us avoid the shark okay, or fight the shark, right? And so all that happens instantly, it seems like, right? Faster than we can comprehend. And so it all happens to put us in a position of fight or flight. Am I going to bop the shark over the head or am I going to swim away? And we all have that skill. It's a great skill, right? That's our safety skill, okay? All of those things work. It sends out all of the stress hormones our adrenal glands send those stress hormones and says, be ready, be ready, be ready, be ready, right? Danger's coming, danger, danger, be ready, be ready. And that's awesome when there's a shark, right? 
what happens when there's hundreds of sharks. And so every time you turn, everywhere you move, you can't swim away, you can't fight away. There's another shark, another shark, another shark, another shark. So what happens when that happens? I mean, there's so many sharks when it's overwhelming, when it's pervasive sharks, right? I don't think you could say that like that. But when there, when there's so many sharks, there's so much danger. Our, our, our fight or flight, our, our brain that was going to survive us so well goes into overdrive and it starts putting out those stress hormones constantly. Be ready, be ready, be ready. So that way, everywhere you turn with those sharks, you are ready, right? That's what it does. And that's awesome. Except when it does it too much, what happens is sometimes it's not a shark. Sometimes it was just a coconut or sometimes it was a dolphin or sometimes it was, you know, just a shadow. And so our brain gets so used to be ready, be ready, be ready because the danger was real that as the danger is less real or is decreasing or going away, as the danger leaves, our brain doesn't process it. Our brain doesn't process that it's leaving. It sees the shadow as a shark. It sees the dolphin as a shark. It sees the coconut as a shark. And so it's constantly staying in that fight or flight. And, and so that is what survival brain is. Survival brain is taking all of those great skills that saved us in the middle of danger, but now we've used them so much that our brain is stuck there, okay? And that's what we're talking about today, guys. So what happens when we have the daily danger, the regular danger, the regular abuse, you absolutely need fight or flight during those times. What happens as we leave the abusive situations, right? And start to find healing and work towards having a healthy lifestyle. What happens with all of those adaptive responses? That's what they are called. They are the adaptive responses to danger that become over adaptive meaning we've used them too much, right? How do we go from being over-adaptive to finding the strength hidden within and utilizing that strength? You'll hear some people say they are maladaptive responses. This is my little disclaimer. Um, sure, okay, maladaptive just meaning that they're harmful. I don't disagree that they are harmful. However, I don't think that that clearly paints a picture of what those responses are in our brains. And I don't think it's fair to us to put um, a judgment label like maladaptive on responses that we are not, we didn't know, right? They happened without us picking and choosing. And so, and so that's why we say over-adaptive. They were adaptive responses, helpful responses. They got used too much, overused, over-adaptive. And now we're going to find the strength or the skill that is within that response that we still need to this day. Um, I keep saying fight or flight. When we're talking about survival responses, um, back in the day, we said there were two, fight, flight. And then people started doing more research and studying the brain more and understanding personalities and, and um, abuse more. And so we came up with all these other things. And some people will argue that there are five or six different responses. 
possibly, probably, maybe more, who knows. We're going to talk about the, the four that are the most common now, right now as we're doing this podcast, the four that are the most common. So fight, flight, freeze, and fawn is what we will talk about today. And first, for each of those, we're going to talk about what was that protective response? What was that adaptive response? What was the response that was necessary to save your ass, okay? And then how did it become over-adaptive? What does it look like, right? What does it look like when we've used it way too much? It's gotten too good for its own good. And then where is the strength that we have within that skill or behavior that we need to use today? That's where we're gonna go with this. So buckle up y'all, here we go. <laughs> oh, I have a disclaimer for all of these before we get going. Um, not all responses are unhealthy y'all okay so if you know a survivor love a survivor these are for my non-survivor people if you know one of us love one of us just because our response doesn't match what was normal in your world it does not mean that it's an unhealthy response okay so please hear that and survivors please hear your responses might not look like other people's responses and that's okay as long as you're still being kind, respectful, loving, all of those things, right? Your responses might not look like other people's responses and that's okay, but that is not a license to overuse the responses that you have, okay? Please hear that. Be responsible with your responses, okay? That's my disclaimer for that. So let's jump in. Fight, my favorite one, right? <laughs> I love a fighter. And please hear, I fall into all four categories. You probably do too. You might have one or two that you kind of lean to or more your go-tos, or it might be situational or personality-based, like depending on who the other person's personality is. Um, but we've probably all used all of them at some point. Um, my fighters, right? My fighters. What do we look like when we were in the abuse? We are loud and we are aggressive, right? We're the ones fighting. Um, while committing crimes might be something that happened during our abuse for a lot of us, we're probably the ringleader of the bunch, <laughs> okay? So we were the ones that were always in your face, aggressive, curse you out at the drop of a hat, throw things, break things, fighters, okay? And literally fighting people, okay? That's our fighters, awesome. Did that help you while you were being abused? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. I can scare people away that way. I can maybe fight long enough to protect myself from other things. There are lots of reasons that fighting was good for me when I was in danger. What happens when it becomes over-adaptive? An over-adaptive fight response turns into someone who is unable to communicate effectively. Let me break that down for you. Perhaps you are so busy fighting that you're not listening to someone else, right? Perhaps you're so busy fighting that people cannot hear what you're saying, okay? Our ability to communicate to for business for relationships for whatever it is is important for our growth right and if we're so busy fighting everybody coming at us for a very good reason we've had to right and maybe still have to in a lot of ways that doesn't go away but how we fight 
changes. How we fight changes. People can't hear us when we scream at them, even though that might have been our love language, right? Even though that might have been the normal language for us, other people can't hear us. Where's the strength in this? I think you've already heard it. You're an advocate. You being loud and aggressive that saved your ass, you being willing to fight no matter who, no matter what, no matter where, right? Saved your butt. <laughs> Probably has gotten you into trouble sometime or two. Probably has gotten in your way sometime or two. And my survivor sisters and brothers, I bet you feel this, that probably you can pick a time in your life when you're like, crap, I wish I would have just stopped fighting right then, right? But what it made us was super strong advocates for what is right for us. We're going to stand up to people who tell us no. We're going to stand up on behalf of other people. We're going to stand up and speak our truth. And so that over-adaptive skill turns into a beautiful strength when it's used appropriately. Those are my fighters. Next up, flight. Come on, my runners. I love to run, right? I love to run. And so we run in a couple of different ways. We run physically. That helps, right? If someone's abusing you, run away. Awesome. But we also run in our minds. So if someone is abusing you, you can box it out and dissociate and not have to be part of the abuse, right? Those are both beautiful skills. Those are skills that saved you in danger. Those are skills that served you well. However, when we use those skills too much, when they become over adaptive skills, what does that look like? For my physical runners, my ones who run away, right? You may be unable to sit still now, right? That hurts us in relationships, that hurts us in work, that hurts us in a lot of ways, the inability to sit still. It hurts us in our healing, okay? The inability to sit. For my mind runners, that dissociation that really protected your brain, that was a beautiful gift from God that lets you be somewhere else when the abuse was happening. Over-adaptive, you miss out on your whole life because you're dissociating your life away. You miss out on all the beauty that is around now because you've gone somewhere else in your mind, right? What are the skills, the strengths that we get from being runners? Well, first, for my physical runners, you are adaptable. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir. If you can be at home where you are today and then at home where you are in someplace new tomorrow, that is adaptable. You are able to adapt to whatever change happens around you. That's amazing. For my dissociation people, for my mind runners, right? This is a yoga skill you have when reined in appropriately, right? The ability to 
allow everything to come in but not attach to it and allow it to freely flow out again. That's a yoga skill. We teach that in meditation, right? We teach that in yoga, how to allow things happen in your brain, but not attend to them, allow them to simply dissipate and, and leave you just as they came to you. That's a beautiful skill that you have. That's an amazing strength that you have. My freezers, what does this look like? I know often if you're thinking in nature, like with the sharks, that I just quit moving, right? Sort of, yes. But it's a little bit more than that during abuse. My freezers, we're the ones who could be unnoticeable. It's not just that we didn't move, it's that we could almost shrink ourselves into a space where we weren't even noticed. We were able to blend in with what was happening around us so that the abuser wouldn't see us as easily, right? That's my freezers. And what a great skill you have. What a great skill you had during the danger because that ability to shrink back and become almost invisible. Holy moly, what a great skill when the abuser is on the rampage, right? What happens when you overadapt that behavior, when that behavior becomes too good? You could be unable to use your voice, right? We can shrink ourselves so much that other people all talk over us. Other people are the ones who are heard. We are not able to speak up on our own behalf because we've shrunk ourselves so much, or we might not even know who we are because we've shrunk ourselves so much. But where's the strength in this? Boy, while you're shrinking back to make sure that nobody sees you, what you're doing during that time is seeing everything, right? You are so observant. Your brain, was protecting you by being able to scope out a room, see all of the danger in it, and pull yourself completely out of it as quick as possible. What a great skill. How observant are you that you're able to take in all of that detail? And how amazing of a skill is that to be able to walk into a room and read a room and feel comfortable in situations because you were able to understand what was in the room. That is an amazing strength you have. And then finally, my fawners, <laughs> my fawners. Um, I know sometimes people think this might be the, oh, oh my gosh, you're so wonderful, you're so great. And it can be, right? That is an effective skill quite often. But it's also that person who is just able to ingratiate themselves to others. It is that person who during the abuse um, might've been the love bomber that I love you so much, you know, make me special right in order to make the abuser love them more so that way the abuse would stop absolutely it's also the person who became the partner of the abuser right and so that is someone who was able to make themselves indispensable to the abuser almost make the abuser need you right that is that fawning um skill that fawning adaptive behavior when it becomes over-adaptive is when you are no longer able to say no. You are so busy making sure 
that everyone else is okay. You're so busy making sure that another shoe cannot drop that you don't take care of you, okay? That's your over-adaptive behavior. Where's your strength? Well, baby, you are helpful. <laughs> you are likable. All of that that you had that made abusers want to raise you up in the ranks or want to put you at the top of something, make you seem as if you're a partner in something, right? All of that means that you're helpful and that you're likable, that you have all those skills that was amazing, that protected you back then, that now makes people like you better. It makes, that's one of these, uh, one of these uh, skills, one of these behaviors that come from survival skills that people actually enjoy, right? They don't enjoy the ones yelling at them. That's what I do, but most people don't enjoy that, right? Most people want the ones that are gonna be helpful and likable. What a great skill and strength you have that came from your abuse. I wanna say my disclaimer one more time, y'all. Just because someone has a response that you don't like or that is not in your norm, it does not mean that person is unhealthy. You don't get to decide that, okay? Leave that to the professionals, thank you very much. So not all responses mean that someone is unhealthy. Some responses, even if they are aggressive or seem to be in either that adaptive or over-adaptive category, not in the skill or strength category, even if it seems like a response is in one of those other categories, that does not mean that the person is unhealthy. There are 100% definite situations that require a heightened response, okay? Just because you are not having to survive for your life every single day like you used to does not mean that there are not situations where you are surviving that need those survival skills in their original form. Okay, so please hear that there are definite times in the life, in your life, not the life. <laughs> there are definite, let me think who I'm talking to. There are definite times in each of our lives where we still need those survival skills that we might have used during abuse that will be necessary once again. It is our job as survivors always to make sure we're not in that over-adaptive category, that we are constantly striving for health, mental health, emotional health, physical health, and using those skills how they best serve us, right? Making sure that we're using them in a healthy way. That is our job that we have to do, okay? Y'all, this was a good one. I hope you enjoy this one as much as I did. I think um, I think everyone can take a little bit of something from this episode. I appreciate you joining me each and every week. I can't wait to see you back here next week. If you would like to continue this conversation, podcast drops every Friday. Please listen in. Please subscribe and share with your friends. Um, Instagram is updated almost daily, right? You can reach out to me there. That is uh, my name, my voice. No, it's not. It's stripped down with Marianne. <laughs> it is stripped down with Marianne. Um, my website is mynamemyvoice.org. 
if you would like to hire me, that is what I do is I provide teaching and education and ongoing consultation for anything from human trafficking to trauma to any of those topics that we just talked about too. But if you are an organization who wants to grow your anti-trafficking program, I provide ongoing consultation for that also. Um, I think that's all. I think that's what I have. Oh, YouTube, you, we're struggling, y'all. YouTube is getting there. We're getting there. Y'all are used to me now. It's week five. You're used to me. So <laughs> it's getting there. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you joining me, and I will see you next week. Peace.